0: Yeah, what up? Uh, yo? Bell
1: brands on the beat. What? Let's go. Uh, you Check it. Yo, in I'm Guys, welcome to the sure Artist Lifestyle. Like the, the, artist like lifestyle. Like the, the only thing that matters cross, is progress. Guys, so right, I'm tr- joined today by Trent Lesser. You're the CEO of Lesser Energy, former sponsored bodybuilder, and certified high-performance coach. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. First question that I really just want to ask is because uh, I've been diving like into your stuff. Dude, like your bodybuilding days are amazing. There's lots of people that are certified performance coaches, but what exactly is Lesser Energy?
0: Yeah, well, first off, dude, thanks for having me. Um and uh stoked to be on this. Stoked to get to just share my experiences and um get to provide any sort of nugget or value. Um I think the podcast that you have is super cool. Love what you do. So super excited to to chat with you and you. and dive in for the next hour. But to answer your question, what is lesser energy? So lesser energy is a home energy solutions business that is out of Denver, Colorado. Um, we're set up and able to operate out of five markets. Um, mm-hmm. so like the Midwest, really. Um, but we offer residential solar, uh, and then also a lot of energy efficiency upgrades such as, you know, attic installations, solar powered attic fans, um, you know, resealing the attics, adding, you know, smart thermostats to the house, doing blower door tests. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at the efficiency of the AC. Um, and then we also do a lot of energy storage now too, where, um, you, you know, a homeowner will want solar paired with a battery so that they have energy storage no matter what's going on with the grid. Mm. Yeah. And then also we, we install quite a bit of, um, EV chargers as well, just because of the, the, nature of the market with you know like the the system is really pushing electric vehicles and it's a great opportunity for us to to kind of get in on that and um help homeowners or help help homeowners really that um are buying electric vehicles and we can help them with their charging needs their energy needs etc so
1: yeah nice so uh, do you still do certified uh, performance coaching while doing lesser energy? So,
0: as far as certified performance coaching, you know, like I'll work with a client or two here here and there, it's not something that I have like really actively like I'm focused on trying to build that business at the moment. Um it's not something where like we run a lot of advertise like actually none. I don't run any advertising. We don't even have like a website up for like if you want high performance coaching from me. Like I don't have courses or programs. Like I have nothing really to sell anyone, um, on a mass scale. Um, however, you know, I've been approached just by many people and have worked one-on-one with those people, um, to help them, um, with every angle of their life. And most of them are, if not all of them have become entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and so, yeah, you know, and we'll we'll really dig into all of the aspects of life that really matter. And I break it down to like mental health, physical health, your spirituality. It doesn't matter if it's God, Buddha, Allah, the universe, right? But tapping into your spiritual side, um, the higher power side, um, also your finances, your business, and then having fun and your relationships in your life. Um, mm. you know, I'll just give people advice and help them lead to where they want to go based on what they're saying. And also just kind of help them with, um, understanding, you know, what as, as I've done more and more therapy, I've understood, dude, like how your childhood trauma plays into every single thing. Like, and it compounds your childhood trauma of the way you react to things or how your decision making is or how your worldly view is. Mm. Um, yeah, so you know there's many angles and and aspects of like um working one on one with someone. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm not like actively growing that business at the moment. The plan for this next year um and we're already like kind of set up for it is to start just a very consistent flow of content um to just provide value. Like again, still not trying to sell anything. It's not how I want to make money. I I don't want to be like that guru guy that like, that's how I make money. I want, I want to be like the guy that I, I like, I eat, I I'm doing what I'm telling people to do actively in my own business and life. And I'm not just telling you some fluff and trying to motivate you because I have the intent of trying to make money off of you right? Does that make sense? Because oh, yeah. for me, when I was 19 years old, I got into and really 18, I got into coaching um and helping people with their diets and their workouts. And, you know, there was um some people close to my life that I was helping them with uh competing in shows as well as I was. And so I was fortunate enough to have these mentors and these guides that were um, high level bodybuilders. Um, and most of them if not like, yeah, I'd say 80% of them all turn have turned into professional bodybuilders, but mm-hmm. I was learning all of this information about, um, nutrition and, um, you know, being high performance in the gym and sleeping and water and everything nutrition based, um, physical and mental. Um, and then also learning so much about weight training and drugs and everything that the, uh, encompasses the competitive bodybuild builder world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love to learn information. And then how do I give it back? Like I selfishly get a lot of um, intrinsic value from helping others, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So as far as like to just kind of circle back to your question of um, the coaching stuff um, and the high performance coaching stuff, it's, it's, it's sort of evolved to how can I help other people that are on a similar path? similar journey, um, similar types of mindset, maybe similar experiences, and how can I provide them as much value as possible? And my skill sets over the last decade have been sales, marketing, leadership, high performance, um, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, some people have come for me, come to me for like, hey, Trent, like I need help setting up my business or like, you know, hey, Trent, like I need help building this product out or, hey, Trent, like, you know, how do you run this type of team or whatever it may be, or it may be like, hey, Trent, like, I'm really struggling with my relationship. Um, hmm. or Well, it's, it's been an array of things over the last decade, really, um, I would say of like, the universe bringing me people and me like providing value to those people.
1: Right. So all the things that you've learned over the years, all the ups, all the downs, all the, uh you know, failures and the good times. I'll compile it into one what works, what doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a student. You know, I have mentors. I I have a lot of mentors. I read a ton. I listen to a ton. Um and I'm also I'm like in the trenches grinding. So I'm constantly um learning
1: mm. by doing. You know, I think that's one of the things that just listening to you talk. And even before we jumped on this, listening to you talk that makes you so trustworthy is you're not trying to sell a fucking program with with uh, all the things that you learned. And yeah. that that turns off, you know, me, that turns off everybody that I see. It's like everybody's a fucking life coach now. Everybody's a life coach. And it's like the world doesn't need another life coach. The world just needs people that have real knowledge that don't even want to sell it. They just want to give it to you like because this is what life is about.
0: Dude, I like, I'm trying to like hold back my tongue for you to finish, uh, because I, yeah, that's honestly, I'm, I'm trying to let go of how that makes me feel because I just feel like everyone and their mom shows, uh, it's like, look at my Rolex, look at my car, now pay me money, pay me two grand and buy my course and I'll give you the secrets. And it's like, bro, there's really like, Most of this stuff is so fake and most of it is so like people just trying to make money and take advantage of people. And they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about, to be completely Mm. honest. They have very little experience and they're not a student. They just learn some information and they're trying to capitalize on that information, which listen, I respect that too. Like I get it. I respect the hustle of you trying to grow and build a business and you have these dreams, you have these visions. So it's not like I'm trying to knock the hustle, it's just that um, I hate that people learn some information, they don't have a ton of experience, and then they decide to try to help people, and then they have blind, all-in conviction on them, on the information that they have, and oftentimes, like, people are misinformed, like, they yeah. just don't have the best information. Um I think one of the things that's helped me over the last decade, dude is quickly understanding and realizing what's good information and what's not good information because i i've I have paid for tons of mentors I've paid for tons of courses. I didn't go to college I dropped out um I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder and <laughs> i I dropped out of school and but i you know I learned very quickly. The difference between people that were selling me things and people that were actually providing me value that had real, actual knowledge, information, experience, expertise uh, that were that could actually give me real insight, you know?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Especially with the uh, the bodybuilding world, I mean, there's so much, there's so many like s- snake oil salesmen in that in that game, you know, with probably in any market. But you realize like as the more experience you get, the more there's so many like little insights that you you don't even have to charge anybody for. Like if you're a true expert in it, then you can really sell it without feeling grimy because you know all the ins and outs. You know what this symptom leads to this symptom leads to you know what you're doing wrong. And you're able yeah. to you actually coach people instead of if I were to just be like, Hey, I'm ripped now. I just spent like two months on it. Now I'm going to tell people how to get ripped when you don't know if something else comes up. Cause there's a million, there's a million problems that come up with the, you know, getting ripped or bodybuilding that if you've only done it for three months, you're not really going to know how to lead somebody through that.
0: Yeah. Well, well, you know, I, I I really realized it like from just working with a lot of different coaches and, you know, one of the things I noticed is like getting cookie cutter programs versus like this person's intentionally sitting down and, and, and constructing this information for me. Like, you know, some of the best bodybuilding coaches I had and that were teaching me all this information, they have the worst fucking grammar on the planet. Like. The, the the diet plans they give me were like misspelled and like not organized and not formatted and not pretty looking and it was just like a google like a google or like a word document right like it didn't have this beautiful presentation because it, it didn't give a fuck dude like all they cared about was results and actually helping me um versus like i i bought the programs that were like you know, the state-of-the-art software, onboarding, fill out all this, you know, info, and then, like – and then you get this beautiful-looking, templated right. slideshow with all of this stuff, and there's all these affiliate links, and you can tell – and I get it because you're also trying to build a business. So I respect it. I do. However, it's just like – just like you said, one of my pet peeves um from all of the fitness and health and everything – was seeing um, people that were really motivated and inspired by health and fitness and coaching and this, that, and the other. However, they didn't have a big uh a sense of knowledge. And one of the problems actually, I think there's a huge problem with, and it definitely relates in other industries too, but one of the biggest problems is that people have genetics. Like having a good physique is the majority of it really is genetics. Like, and I don't think people necessarily understand that talk about it, et cetera, because at the end of the day, we are creatures that want to believe that like our hard work can matter and go a long way and we can achieve anything. Yeah. And that's absolutely correct. However, you can only, you can only, you know, reap the results and, and, and see results and, and grow into a physique like rel- relative to your genetic structure, and I don't mean genetic stru- structure as in like my parents were, are, were super obese. Like, you know, a lot of it has to do with habits and like, you know, a lot of that stuff can be overcome, you know, however, um, when you get into hardcore competition and competing on stage and especially with females and girls, like some girls are shorter, little bone structure. They're very thin and these girls that have no experience in the gym found a cookie cutter workout and found a cookie cutter diet plan and now because they're very attractive humans and they're good at at getting influence on on social media they're able to play this game and pretend like they're experts when they're not and it that's where I, like i have a problem or a pet peeve mm, yeah. at all does that make sense? Oh yeah. And it's not just, you know, it, it happens with really skinny, young, young kids that just have a great physique that were very skinny. Um, and they're muscular and then they're like, you know, like it's the same thing. Um, so for me, you know, I was, I was very underweight. You know, I remember seventh grade, I wrestled 85 pounds. I didn't break a hundred till like my freshman year of high school, like end of it. Um, so I was very tiny, very skinny, underweight. Um, so for me, like I, I'm very, very good at giving people advice early on. I was very good at giving people advice on how to bulk up, how to gain weight because I had that experience already. Right. And I had learned what worked, what didn't, I had tried all of the shakes. I had tried all of the supplements and don't even get me started on the the whole supplement industry. But it's like, I remember being like a 19 year old kid and mm-hmm. these supplement companies are like, Hey, like you need to post three times a week. We need, we want you to post these three products, um, etc. et, cetera, et cetera. You know, and then learning more about the supplement industry and it's a, you know, massive, massive, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Like a lot of these people don't really take the supplements that they say, or they, they may, but it's not giving them the results. It's oh, all the right. other stuff behind the scenes. Right.
1: It's yes. It's the classic, you know, I'll just go out and say it, you know, it's most of these dudes are on performance enhancing and drugs, but they'll tell you that it's the supplement that got them in the ad, in the advertisement. And it's really not. I mean, yes, yeah, they have have world-class diet, but they're still, they still have an edge that most people are not aware of. That's the but, but how do you even blame them? How
0: do you, how but do you, you blame can't. them? When, when, because it's like, it's one, it's very really uncomfortable to be like, Oh yeah, I use these drugs because I, I use, I've used steroids since I was 19 years old. Like I, you know, I was very serious. I was willing to do whatever it took in order to get the result that I was looking for. However, with that being said, it's like, you want to be sponsored and you're trying to grow and build into this vision. So a lot of those people that are sponsored in the health and fitness industry, like they want that. That's their goal is to be this sponsored athlete. So when it, when the opportunity presents itself, like, of course, they're going to take it. Like, and giving free product for something that you're investing a lot of time, money and energy into and someone's gonna support you and help you with that, like you're not gonna say no to that at all. You know, no, you're gonna no play one, the
1: game. It's it's almost like no one in their right mind would say no. Like if you have if you're presented with all these opportunities, especially if you have like a little family, whatever you gotta provide for, of course, you're like it's the risk reward benefits. Like, do I have to lie a little bit just to get to those results? To feed my family, or do I just, yeah. you know, say the truth? Don't get sponsored, and then just have to keep grinding, and things may never work out, and I may never be able to feed family how I want to feed them. Of course, anybody in their right mind is going to go with the other option, and it's yeah. it's so look like looked down upon, just like pro sports, with a lot of people, you know, may still be nice they find that out that their that like
0: athlete is on drugs, and right. it's like, dude, they're all on drugs, yes. like maybe not all of them, but. You know, 80-20 rule definitely applies here. I can tell you, like, with that certainty. That even
1: be the bare minimum, the 80-20 rule.
0: It's just you're dealing with competitors. You're right. dealing with competitors. You're dealing with high-level people that have had a vision. Like, any professional has had a vision for it. They want it. Like, how bad do they want it? And, you know, so those those were words that my dad instilled for me as a very tiny, tiny child was, like, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And I learned that some of the, like the top competitors, the people that accomplish success in any area of their life, like they want it bad. And it just means that you're willing to do whatever it takes. Um, however, as I've gotten older, um, and I, I have understood more laws of the universe, values and morals are literally the foundation and, and highest importance in in playing the game of of life if you will um of of achievement in any area of your life when you break morals and values um it sends out energy it sends out and and that energy can be karmic energy that will come back to slap you in the fucking face mm-hmm. uh or in and and, and and so it's like as i've gotten older I have intentionally really thought through what are my morals, what are my values, what are my ethics, what are the codes and systems and processes that I operate from, what are non-negotiables for me. Um, when I was younger, it was like I was so hungry for the result. Oh my God, I want to make money. Oh my God, I want, I want muscles. Oh my God, I want to find the girl. <laughs> oh my God, I, I want all these things in my life and I want them right now. And I had very little. I lacked so much of patience. Um, and I was willing to bend and mold my morals, values, ethics. Cause I, I didn't think that they were important. I just wanted the results so bad. Mm. Um, but then as you get older, you realize, you know, to play the long game right? It's, it's short-term versus long-term thinking. And, um, as an entrepreneur, like, or or anyone that's trying to achieve success in any area of their life, um, you have to focus on more long-term thinking versus short-term gratification and short-term. And don't get me wrong. There's always like, you know, that's, that's such a broad statement of me to say, okay, however well, it applies.
1: Let me ask you a question then. Yeah, do you, do you feel like that might be the number one skill set that anybody that's taking an entrepreneurship journey has to learn is the difference between the long-term game and the short-term game?
0: Is it the number one? I, I couldn't tell you that. Mm. You know, I, I am not wise enough to say, is it the number one? Cause you also don't know what you don't know. And then we're also like in the flow of it all. However, I will say that, short-term thinking versus long-term thinking is absolutely one of the most advantageous things. Um, and, and, and past that, it's like thinking in general. Um, you know, we live in a world of distractions too. This thing is, I mean, people have the phone on them. I got the iPad right here. A lot of, I don't wear the Apple watch, but a lot of people do have the wa- Apple watch. So your distraction and your attention span and your ability to think is so short now. And then also people struggle, you know, cause whatever their trauma is through their childhood or how, however it manifested through their education or being a young, a young, uh, person, they, they, they lack solitude. They can't be alone with themselves. So very few people have clarity. Um, and so I think short term versus long term thinking provides you benefits of having more clarity. And I think that the way you get there is through solitude, right? Um and like the thing about it is like so the reason solitude is so important, Brett, like solitude is solitude allows you to activate like your superconscious. So Napoleon Hill um thinking Grow Rich talks about like tapping into infinite intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like Brian Tracy would call it like you're super conscious. Um, but it's, it's the, it's the concept of like, you have everything that you need. It's the concept of abundance from a, from a wisdom standpoint, but it's, it's also the concept that you can like solve any problem, come to any conclusion and pull it out. And solitude provides that. Mm. Um, but yes, I, to just answer your question, I do think that short-term thinking versus long-term thinking, getting into that state of preparation. What it is, is planning and preparation. Most people, uh, Jim Rohn, one of my favorite, um, OGs, um, says, what does he say? People spend more time planning their vacations than they spend planning their life. Yeah. Um, and so like, and it's the truth, dude. It's crazy to think about that and realize it. But most people are like, oh, honey, we're going to go on the vacation. Or they're going on the boys' trip or the girls' trip. Nashville, Miami, whatever. But they have it all lined out. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. And we're going to be on the boat this day. And we're going to go to this dinner. And we're going to make reservations. But people don't do that shit for their life, dude. They don't do that with, with any area of their life. Um, and a lot of people, the reason is... not it's because people lack knowledge to be completely honest. That's why I get so passionate about um, preaching and giving my experiences because I'm not just preaching bullshit. I'm preaching lessons and experiences and knowledge that has personally impacted and helped me to um, get from where, where I was to where I wanted to be. Right. Mm. Um, Yeah. But you know, so for me it's like preparation, long-term thinking You know, there's so many different angles I could speak on this, but in business, it really helps to focus on like the start of a business should be like, and and, you know, what I'm going to say is a little contradictory just because starting a business is very difficult and it helps to just take immediate action, especially when you're just getting going and to figure all of the rest out later. I really do think that's one of the best strategies. However, there does come a time and a place where you need to start focusing on the long term, but also focus on what are our values? What is the vision? What is our year target? What is our three-year target? What is our five-year target? What is our 10-year target? And start really digging into like, what's the purpose? What's the mission? What's the cause? Um, when, I was, when I was younger, starting businesses, I just would kind of fucking find whatever was on Google that sounded cool and pretty and presentable. And I would be like, that's our mission. These are our core values. Cause I didn't understand. Um, <laughs> it's like funny to me now, but you know, um, you learn through experience, like, oh, vision values, having a three year, five year, 10 year target is so advantageous. And then from that, and also from my experience of like really getting meticulously planning um, every every day, every meal, you know, the workouts, the sleep, the water, et cetera, through bodybuilding, how, how preparation just, it's, it compounds for you. Like when you can become a robot and you're just doing the things that you've prepared for yourself, like you get into a flow state and things just start to attract and you start to, to build and compound off of all of
1: that. Right. It's almost like, you know, you're building world-class habits for yourself. So what you do when one area leads into every single area, and it's like yeah. if you don't do these things. I mean, you nobody's perfect. You may like not complete everything perfectly every day, but it's the fact that if you don't have that game plan for yourself, it's like you don't know what to do. It's you, you can drive yourself crazy, not not having a game plan.
0: Yeah, when you know you you said something that. Popped him, made me pop in the head uh, the the quote: "How you do one thing is how you do everything."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Ed Morales says that all the time. Um, love that. And guy. There's so
1: many. There's so many people that do say that, and I feel like that's that's got to be simplified because everybody feels like like if every single thing is has to be executed perfectly, and not everything is going to be executed perfectly. It's the simple well, me... of.
0: Let me interrupt you there, bro. Yeah. It's it's not it's not about it's not about perfect. Like done is better than perfect. Every right. it's it's less about even intensity. As you get older you realize that it's I mean listen, building intensity is massively important. And your ability to get extreme and and to especially I guess for me as a as a male like I'm letting out my uh, and not my aggression in like this fuck you type of way. But this aggression isn't like, I have a ton of energy and I want to, I want to get intense and I want to get like, you know, I want to go hard, hard, hard. However, like done is better than perfect. You're not going to always wake up and have a great fucking workout. You're not going to always have an an incredibly perfect relationship with your partner. You're not going to always have You know, liquid capital in your bank account that you can leverage to continue to invest into skill sets and people and, and, and technology and growth in your businesses or in your life. You're not going to always have these things, but you still have to do the work regardless. Like it's less about even the, the, um, it's, it's less about you know, did I get an A, B, C, or D that day? And more about like, did you, did you accomplish all of the tasks?
1: Right. So what I mean by that is like, let's just say, you know, you have that mentality that, you know, in school, I'm going to be excellent at this. So then that triggers to everything in your life. So then you move that, like, you know, now I got to go to football. I may not have the most physical talent for it, but, that mindset of I'm going to be excellent at it is going to trickle over. So you're just going to start looking up things on drills and all this sort of stuff that you can do to keep getting better at it. And I think that's just the main point that people miss is how you approach one thing is how you're going to approach everything.
0: Yeah. Well, not, not only that, but I mean, to be honest with you, it's very difficult to, um, maintain and be very intentional and planned and prepared in every single area of your life. Like, I think that's one of the things that I love to provide feedback and just, um, like things that have helped me to get better about that, because it really is, it's hard to, to, as a kid, it's really hard for kids. You know, some athletes are just so naturally gifted And then they also have the work ethic too. And they're just, they're practicing every day, right? Outside of practice. And then they, you know, they're practicing, but then in school, they may lack a ton or they're so good at practice and the technicality of whatever sport it is that they're doing, but they don't have the mental mindset to be able to like get them to perform the same. Right. If that makes sense. And it's because it, it, that you, you have to show up intentional with a mindset too. It's not just about the physical. Like there's so many different moving parts in, you know, life and, you know, the system that we live and operate by that it can just be really, really overwhelming for a lot of people. Um, to where it is almost advantageous to focus on like that one thing. Right. Um, Great book, by the way, one thing. But um you, you know, I'd say like my biggest reflection from that is like how do you just focus on again six areas? So for me, every Sunday, okay, every Sunday at seven, we call them S2 meetings, I jump on a call, and we very quickly um analyze the week before, and then we talk about like lessons, experiences, knowledge that we've gained through either uh live or or like a book or a course or whatever we're reading. Are listening to, or, and we focus on those six core areas that I was talking to you about, mental health, physical health, um, your spirituality, your in connection to God, your relationships, your finances, your business, and then having fun. And, you know, it's not about trying to stack the deck with like a thousand things in each of these areas, right? It's more important to just focus on like one thing. You know, but where again, when we get into short term versus long term and I talk about solitude, Brett, solitude is, is you sitting down for an hour or an hour or two every week and like really digging into maybe those six mm. core areas and thinking long term and closing your eyes, sitting with no distractions, no music, no nothing, complete mm. solitude. And for me, it's like, if I can focus on the long term vision and I can, feel it, taste it, sense it up here through solitude. Mm-hmm. And then I can go apply short-term. Here's the action. What is the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly action that I need to take mm-hmm. um in order to get me closer to the long-term? So it's like very important to stay focused on, again, long-term thinking, short-term action, um, yeah. I would say, and if that makes sense, obviously there's a time for short-term thinking, but right. in grounds of high performance, personal development, bettering yourself, personal achievement, success, I think all of that logic applies pretty well.
1: Yeah. I'm just hoping everybody that's listening takes notes as I am, because uh, not only have you been dropping like really valuable stuff, but that one right there, I just absolutely had to take what's um, looking Look, you didn't necessarily say that, but I just took what you said and just came up with something beautiful. was just looking back on my week and just reflecting on what went right, what went wrong, what I' enjoyed, and how I can make it that for my better game plan for the week coming. and I was like, what's wow, tracked is improved yeah, it's It's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, what's tracked is improved yeah, it's just a it, that's you need a scoreboard, bro, you know. And the scoreboard doesn't even need to be results or rewards. The scoreboard needs to be, did I get the actions done? Yes or no. Like I learned early on, um, it doesn't matter what you place in a bodybuilding contest that doesn't determine your value, your worth, et cetera. Sure. Maybe it does for the contest, right? right? Like the goal that a lot of these people set out to, but when I stepped on stage, I already won every single show I did because like, I, I had already done all of the work, and my body, <laughs> my physique was the reward. That mm-hmm. was that was the reward. So all I was focused on was, like, did I do the work every day?
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Now, here's a great question I want to ask here. You mentioned earlier how trauma affects who you are become in the future or like the habits and mindsets what do you think someone's trauma leads them to be an entrepreneur or just travel down that road like have this like hustle mentality
0: i think it can be a multitude of reasons um i think it oftentimes can be rooted in pain Um, Mm. um so for me entrepreneurship was something that like I gravitated towards and I noticed these qualities about myself and reflected back on being like a very young kid and kind of like hustling. Right. So I'm 29. I grew up with the internet still. My parents bought my brother a computer um, in middle school, which made me like a five-year-old with a computer. Me and my brother 10 years apart. Um, and so, like early on, I, you know, I was like nine years old when I built my first website, and um, I was like doing all this weird shit on the internet, playing these okay. video games, and right. I had built businesses or and businesses, but I was making like generating either income on the the game I was playing
1: mm-hmm. or
0: some actual income in real life. And it was because I was like I was building these little businesses on these games that I was playing, whether it was RuneScape. Or this other game I played called Habbo, yeah. and yeah, dude, like on Runescape, um, you know, I I'd, I'd be in middle school in the morning. I'd turn on the computer. I would set up bots, and the bots would mine resources for me. And then when I would get home from school, I would um, <laughs> I would I would take all those resources and I would sell them on the auction house because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted all the cool expensive stuff on the game. Right. Uh, And so, you know, like I just, I did all kinds of weird stuff as a little kid that I, that I noticed, but to answer your question of like, you know, what, what do I think it is for me? What made me pull the trigger on really building my very first business, a a residential solar company was understanding and hearing the story of my parents, both my mom and dad wanted to start businesses and never did. Mm -hmm. And I could hear the regret through them telling me their story. Um, my parents, I love them to death. They've become literally like my best friends, right? Um, it's like past the point of even parenting at this point, to where like I almost give them more advice mm-hmm. <laughs> and feedback and lessons that I've learned from all of these other mentors and people that I've, you know, uh, uh, attracted and and seeked in my life. But you know, hearing that when my dad was younger wanted to start a gym. And hearing the process that he went through of, like, figuring out, you know, the money of it, the equipment of it, how much, you know, where where's the space going to be, this, that, and the other, and compiling all of this, and him putting real focus and intention into it, and doing it, for whatever the reason was, I mean, like, for him, it was like, he was raised in a family, um, he was working a full-time job, and you don't know what you don't know. So we didn't have the knowledge to understand how to go find money or just continue to like figure things out and put things together, uh, be solution-based rather than giving into the problem. Right. Um, And the obstacle. So for me, it was like hearing that story and then hearing also with my mom and her obstacle was more, more self doubt and insecurity of like the, the fear of failure for her. Um, and it's, it's probably deeply rooted for both of them or whatever, but just learning those experiences, I feel like it did it, when I got to the point of like life presented me the opportunity to start a business, I just, I pulled the fucking trigger immediately because I was like, I never want to live a day. Like they are my biggest why my dad was also my biggest wife for bodybuilding. He also competed and kind of like stopped with it, gave it up because he had a family. And mm-hmm. so for me as a young kid, I was like, I want to take it further than my dad did. And it makes mm-hmm. me emotional because, you know, it was like that was, you know, because I also always talk about your whys have to be so powerful that they will make you emotional. Um, otherwise it's not a strong enough why. It just isn't. And you have to dig and sit in more solitude of understanding what your why and your purpose is. Um, so yeah, for me, I, you know, I would say, to just answer your question, I would say that it does have to do with trauma or what, and may, and maybe, you know, sure trauma, but also just experience. Um, because I truly believe that people can be anything and do anything that they want in their life. It's just how bad do you want it one and then two. And, and so a lot of people that want things badly, um, there's a reason why they do. And a lot of that is rooted in childhood because When you, I've I've listened Mm. to and Mm. seen and heard most, like very high level speakers. You know, I've been to so many events, so many conferences. You know, hearing Tim Grover talk about Michael Jordan and Kobe and all these high level athletes, and you know, and and like everything is deeply rooted in, um, you know, wanting to achieve these things and. It it usually is rooted in struggle and um overcoming obstacles and 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 you know, dealing with these hard um problems in their life. Like most of them are. So yeah, I would say that there's definitely a
1: connection there. You know, um, I would entrepreneurs. Definitely agree. And, you know, as fucked up as this is gonna sound, it just goes to your point how it's so true like especially like anybody that has any sort of drive as to what um, the reason, like the emotional reason doesn't have to like, you know, necessarily tear them up, but they know it's there. Like you said, Michael Jordan, one of the, why was he so fucking competitive, which led him to be like one of the greatest basketball players all the time because he always had to feel like he had to be better than his brother to win his father's approval. And that's something that just does not, Does not leave, like, no matter how much you want it to go, it doesn't leave. And you know, look at Michael Jackson. Right. And I can even expect on my own, you know, experience as much as, you know, I, I do have a reason, you know, I always like got to fight for my daughter, you know, make sure that she's fed and all. But I know in my heart, the number one reason why I work as hard as I do is because in my eyes, like I knew like I had things stacked against me you know, growing up with baseball and my father always pushed me to keep working, 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 because I had to overcome those obstacles. And so in my mind, I was like, I have, I'm going to be the best just to prove to my dad that I am going to be the best. And that's always, it's always led me to be, no matter what I want to do, I have to be the best at it. Like I may not ever be the best, but I know that mindset is that I'm going to keep going until, you know, I either die or I'm going to be the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also think that no matter how good of a parent you are, you're still going to fuck your kid up with childhood trauma. And, <laughs> and I hate to, like, I hate to say something like that because you do have children. Um, and I have nieces. I don't have a child. I have a dog, but I'll tell you, I've, I've fucked my dog up with childhood trauma. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is because it's like, even if you don't try to, okay, they're still going to go through experiences. So, and it's less about like my parents hate the term trauma. And for reference here, I have really incredible parents that um, right. they've been together their entire life. My mom was 14. My dad was 16 when they met. They've been together forever, dude. So they're like this crazy example of love and commitment and values, ethics. Um, and they've been incredible parents. They, in fact, have sacrificed their entire lives, which is part of my childhood trauma. They've sacrificed their entire own life just give everything love support resources everything that they could to their children right yeah. and so so for me i dealt with like a different set but of 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 type of trauma rather than someone that had like a very difficult upbringing of like their parents didn't of a fuck about them right or that they were right. beat, like that i or...
1: would even say like that's real like Troubling trauma, if that's the way you want it, like troubling trauma.
0: Yep. 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 Um and I'm not exactly sure where I was I was going with that exactly. Um but but trauma tra- it, it definitely molds in shape. This is where I was going with it. That you have a fight or flight response. So I think that most people can can create and 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 set up a, a story in their head of how things went in their life. And I think that the difference between them doing what they want to do with their life, personal achievement, success, whatever, and not has everything to do with their fight or flight response towards the experiences that they've had in their life and their drama, if you will. Right. It has everything to do with the fight or flight response. Like, are you going to give in or are you not?
1: Right. You know, and it's not always necessarily a bad thing. Like if you ask Michael Jordan, Hey, that, um, Your emotional why as to why you were like one of the most competitive people ever to be born. Would you want to take that away? He would probably, no, never, ever, ever. And, you know, and he might have like, you know, with his kids, they never like even became, you know, in the shadow of what he became, but, and he probably like never, you know, just, they had no hardship, no nothing, probably. So they don't have any emotional, compelling reasons to be what he was. So it's either, yeah, it's how you look at it. It's either a good thing or a bad thing, however you want to look at it.
0: And, and I have no idea Michael Jordan's like, and nor should I even have an opinion. You know, who am I to have an opinion on how Michael Jordan raises kids? Right. However, you do automatically tee up and set up your kids for some really big shoes to fill. And that can be trauma in and of itself. <laughs> it just—it really can. Like yeah. people, you can either fight or 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 flight. You can either stand up or flee from it. Of, yeah. of of that and its essence of like the cards that you were dealt.
1: Right, and it's you know his kids could probably be like dude. I my childhood was amazing. Like everything was fantastic, and I have no reason to be what my dad was, and that's that's great too. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It all just comes
0: back to like, what do you want to accomplish out of life? I think. And what is your purpose? Like really understanding, like what is your purpose of being here on the planet and, and where do you fit in and how do you add value and how do you provide and how do you serve? Um, mm. We live in such a generation in time now of like, look at me. And, yeah. and everyone wants to be the star. Yeah. Right. And it's, I, and I'm, you, you can't unconvince me that it's not these stupid things and social media that everyone just wants to be the star, but no one is focused on serving and providing value. Mm. It's so just look at me.
1: Mm. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, why else would anybody necessarily want, like, have to be the world's best life coach or whatever it is? Because What's if, that? Why else would there be like so many? People that want to be like the world's best wife coach or something like that, you know, because it's it is all social media. Like I got to I got to do it more for me than for other people. Well,
0: and the the problem with social media is that it's it's just a fucking highlight reel of wins. Mm. And so it's like, you know, I think the world needs more than ever And I just recently discovered this actually because I'm, I'm big into like energy and crystals and like all this woo woo stuff, dude. Like I'm so woo woo. However, there came a time and a point in my life when I was younger where I was like, all of this stuff is so woo woo and weird. And like, I don't get any of it. But, um, you know, I think, I think the, the big thing there is really looking at, um, Geez, I lost my train of thought here. Of of where I was going with this. Energy. Can you just,
1: can you can you repeat? Um, Energy crystals, like where people are going with their lives. You know that's repeat
0: back, re- repeat back to me what you what you said, Brett.
1: Energy. You were talking about. You've got um. You're really into like energies now. Crystals, like chakras, I believe.
0: Yes, I'm, I am. Um, but I forgot where exactly where I was going with that. There was a point I
1: was trying to hammer home. Um, wow, I apologize. Yeah. Dude. Well, that's all right. You can uh, yeah, just lead on to that real quick because I have a a guest actually coming on. That is all. Um, that's what she does. She was uh, she got a master's degree in psychology, but she's she moved into you know energy alignment. Chakras, crystals. So I, yeah. I know, I don't know too much about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have, you have all of these chakras that run through your body. Um, that's where I was going with this. Mm. So Joe Dispenza talks about energy, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that in his book, I believe it's becoming supernatural, um, that he talks about is there's like this, this vibrational, everything in the world vibrates. We all, we're, we are vibrational creatures. Okay. So we all vibrate at frequencies. This vibrates at a frequency, everything on earth vibrates at a frequency. And then we're emotional creatures. Um, however, men are, when we step into our divine masculinity, we are very logical, um, creatures whereas women in their divine feminine nature are and their and their divine feminine um you know power they are emotional creatures but where i was going with this is that the world needs more authenticity the highest recorded frequency that you can vibrate at is authenticity really and so on social media this is where i was going with this because prior, my knowledge and understanding of frequencies was that the the highest level of frequency was love and gratitude and sex, sexual energy. Those are some of the highest frequencies that you can vibrate at. And when you are vibrating at these higher frequencies, you're living a life of abundance and you're attracting the things that you want in your life. Okay. And so, um, and it all lines up really well. If you've read, you know, some Joe Dispenza, and you understand the very quantum physics side of it, and then you go read, like, Think and Grow Rich, that's more just, like, it's, like, mind-blowing to hear Napoleon Hill talk about sexual energy and how you need to harness that sexual energy. You can't just deplete it on multiple women or men, but as a man, you're, you're, you know, women, women are recharged from sex, whereas men are depleted unless they're giving it to just one person and there's a bond and there's a real connection and relationship going on. Um, and that's just from like a laws of the universe standpoint. Um So sexual energy can be used to vibrate at a high frequency in order to manifest and attract the things that you want in your life. But off of the little tangent I went on there, authenticity is just needed more than ever. And I think that social media again is like the highlight reel Everyone wants to be, not everyone, but social media does such a good job of portraying entrepreneurship as Lamborghinis and here's my fucking cool car, like, and here's all this bullshit, all these materials, when people just don't understand the other side of it. And so most people Mm -hmm. say they want to be an entrepreneur, but they lack the desire and the real true intention. And why? because their reason is that they just saw some dude or girl on the fucking internet posting like all of these highlight reels, right? Like it's a great example of that. Like everyone wants to be like fucking damn Bilzerian. But in reality, that dude was not a very great business owner, lacked morals, lacked ethics. And it's, it's created karma, karmic energy that has, you know, kind of shit on his business and, 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 and whatever else, is he going to be okay? Absolutely. The dude's brilliant. He's very intentional, smart, uh, planned out, prepared, etc. cetera. But he portrayed this, he's such a, and he's such a great marketer. His team is right. Mm-hmm. And in order to attract a team like that, you got to know a thing or two. So, um, all love, all respect, but it's like a lot of people just post the highlight reels and they don't understand like the long nights, the, the work, the learning like no one wants to just sit there and read books you know unless you're kind of a unless your why is strong enough really Mm. if your why is strong enough you'll do anything
1: yes for sure my biggest thing with the real world of entrepreneurship that you know i've only heard like one person really talk about that which is andy frisella nobody else is the extreme amount of failures that come with it like it to where it can just be mind-blowing if how much you can fail in each season but you still find a way to just get back up because this is what you really want to do and nobody really ever talks about that and when and I see it too many times with people that uh, go to start an online coaching program and it's almost comical at this time they get really mad they just started and they get really mad that they keep failing they haven't even been in a year and they're like just so mad that they just keep failing I'm like dude that what do you think is gonna happen like, there, I mean, it was, if you want to go back to Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan was playing basketball years before he even became okay. And then once he was okay, he still got cut from his high school basketball team because he could have done better. So he, like, there's years and years that you have to put in. Some people blow up fine, like easy. I, I don't, I can't explain that, but I know the majority of us won't and nobody ever talks about that but that's that's the real game can you overcome your failures all the time and still get back up and want to keep going
0: yeah yeah the difference you know like um i was at the pool on sunday and i was grilling up some food with some people and um you know there's two guys to my left one of them you know has uh owns a big healthcare company and he's got like 1800 employees or whatever and he lost this big contract like a 3 million dollar contract and he's like trying to figure out you know how does he work? replace that income blah 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 etc and I was just kind of overhearing him talk to another guy that was right next to me and they were like literally right next to me but um I, I was just listening I guess and trying to grill some brats and food and whatever um but you know then after like they both turned to me and the guy that was talking about like you know this problem and this failure of his you know he's like how are you doing man how's how are things for you and then the other guy Goes, what did he say exactly? He was like, he was like, do you have failures too? Like, what? Like, are you are you like screwing up? Like, are you uh losing too? Like, we got this energy of like losing, and I'm like, dude, I don't lose. I don't have failures. I only have lessons. All I do is learn from the mistakes that I made or from the hardship and the and and the losses, and it helps me get better. And I, I'm all winning is a vibrational frequency for me winning is a mindset it's not a result like i don't base my whether i win or not on on my result i base whether i win or not on my actions and my mindset and my adherence to continuing on doing the work it's not about the result it's about the process and and am i winning in the process am i continuing to do the work Yes yeah. or no. Like that's all that it is for me. So for me, like, I don't look at life as, um, as, as a fel- I don't look at life as losing, you know, I've, I've, I started seeing, um, a really pretty awesome girl that, um, when we've been getting closer and, um, talk, just, she asked me a question, like, what would you change? Like, we we're just like asking each other deep questions. I think yeah, we, we, long story short, we were on like a seven hour car ride, car drive or car ride. Um, we got stuck on the interstate in some mountains, whatever, but we're asking each other like a bunch of questions and she's like, well, what would you want to change in your life? And I'm like, nothing, literally nothing. Right. Um, because for me, it's like your, your, your losses and the, the stuff that you had to go through, you learning that absolutely make sure you are. You said it best, brother.
1: Like you, you could. Like, and that's that's what uh, I I find so funny with people that you know, like yes, it's it's aggravating. Yes, it's going to take you know wear on your emotions from time to time. Yes, it, sometimes you're gonna laugh and you're like, okay, another lesson learned. But in the end, like if you just took the time, like you said, reflect where you started like a year ago you were like a million years ahead of where you were, you, where you were like all those lessons, you know? And then if somebody were like, Hey, can uh, you give me a little advice on, you know what to do here? You're going to know those answers. You're going to help somebody else out. Get the to, to where you, you had to go. So it's, yeah. everything is for not. It's always make sure you are.
0: And, and I think like the secret sauce, I'll spit some fire here, just mm-hmm. that popped in my head, but so experience plus reflection equals wisdom.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: And, and so wisdom is greatest of all human desires. Okay. I can't remember who said this. I think it was, uh, uh, Socrates or, um, I don't know. One of the greatest philosophers, you know, of our entire existence. But he said, wisdom is the greatest of all human desires. Experience and reflection equals wisdom and that is the ability to make good decisions um and then i think he also said the unexamined the unexamined life is not worth living okay Mm. so the difference the only difference between successful people and non-successful people And personal achievement in any area of their life is their ability to learn from their experiences. So if you fucking suck at weight loss or you suck at making money or you suck at your relationships or you suck at your mental health or you suck at being tapped in with God, all of it has to do with your ability to reflect on your experiences and take lessons from them and then apply those lessons and keep moving forward most people accept their reality that isn't truly their reality and it becomes your personal reality um and that defines their personality but it's their worldly view that's not accurate it's like being in a in a fucking snow globe like you think that the world this works this way when in reality you don't know what you don't know um yeah
1: Hmm, I love that. Uh, just writing some of that down. I, I seriously, people had better be writing things down because this is just amazing, especially what you just said. If you reflect on, um, all the things you learned, you, you you get wisdom. So that's, that's so experience
0: amazing. and plus reflection equals wisdom. That's a, a law of the universe.
1: Collection. Wisdom. That right there, you I mean, you could end a whole podcast on that. Like, that is like worth golden nuggets right there. That's fantastic. So let me ask you uh, one one final question. Sure. What, uh,
0: I'm gonna open book to you, bro. You can ask me anything.
1: Oh, I love it. Um when did you know you wanted to start um, an energy business?
0: I didn't know I wanted to start an energy business. Mm. It was like life presented me the opportunity and I just took it. I I truly believe that that's how the universe works. When you like it, you know, one of my earlier mentors, actually the mentor that got me into the solar business, what I had learned from him was Skylar was his name or is his name. Um, but we don't chat often, but it's like, you know, business or whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, he said, you don't focus on how. Like you're asking the wrong question. You know, Brendan Burchard, Russell Brunson also, also says this too. If you fo- like focusing on how is as asking yourself the wrong question, it's all about like who, who do you want to become, who do you need to find, who who do you need to get around, who do you need to become, um, and so I and and why all that matters is who and why, how doesn't matter. So when I was setting goals earlier in my life, I was setting goals mainly on finances because I didn't have the ability to think past or process a larger view of what I wanted my life to look like. You know, I've been very obsessive over things. So when I was younger, it was muscle. And then I said, Hey, Trent, what if you just took the same level of intensity and intentional energy and being able to channel and Broadcast all of that intentional energy into muscles. What if you just put it into money instead? And so I went on this journey of doing that. Um, and then later in life, I realized that I was thinking so small because <laughs> all I was trying to focus on was one thing, dude. Uh, you know, and, and Grant Cardone really helped push my boundary of being able to want, want to have it all and accomplish it all. And he said, stop being obsessed with just one thing and start getting obsessed with your life, man. Don't be obsessed with money. Be obsessed about your life, you know. Mm. Um, but to answer your question, the the, the opportunity presented itself. Um, I managed a solar company, and the reason I got into managing and building a sales team and and learning so- the solar industry is because I wanted to make more money, and and that's what it was. I wanted to make more money, and I was. The top sales rep month after month after month after month at the car dealership I worked at. And I became like the floor manager. And, you know, for anyone that's ever done car sales before, um, you know, it's like, if you don't close your customer, someone else has to go talk to them before they leave. Well, I, Trent became the guy that had to talk to everyone's customer before they left. So then I could try to, you know, reset up and close the car deal and keep them there and sell them a different car, or provide solutions and opportunities and options, you know? And so I was really, I got really good at what I did and I wanted to go into finance because I knew that the finance managers made more money. They were making, you know, 30, 40, 50 K a month in finance. And I was like, put me in fucking finance. I want to make more money. And um then, you know, it, it became like a, you know, and I learned later in life, like I get why ever all of my management and leadership and the owners of the business did what they did is because, dude, you don't want to fucking promote your top sales rep. Like majority of businesses don't want to do that because you're losing your top talent, like you're losing them. And if you already have a stacked roster on in another department. And you got top talent that wants to move into another department, but you already got great talent there too. Like you don't want that for the business, you know, but it becomes a problem. And, you know, we could have a whole other conversation on hiring A players, which, you know, that's what I consider myself an A player. Um, and, you know, is that a good strategy? Is that not a good strategy? Gary V talks a lot about that. Um, you know, I think he even talks about like hiring B players, C players and, you know, B and C's are better than A's because they'll never leave you. Uh, but that's like a completely different round that of talk. Of. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, for, for me, truthfully, bro, it was just me thinking very little and small. And all I wanted to do is make money. When I started my solar company, my only goal was to just make more money. Like when I got into solar and I learned how to sell solar, I felt good selling a product that wasn't a, a car. I sold used cars and I got really good at it. And that can have a bad persona being a used car salesman. Um, and, um, you know, I wanted to do something that I, I felt good about. I wanted to do something that felt more respectable, more, more honorable. And so solar became this avenue and this industry that I was able to step in. It was a vehicle. It, you know, that's, that's what it always has been for me as a vehicle. Have I, have I learned to honor and respect it and love it in a different limelight? Yes. Because when you shift your focus from, um, materials, And, and exteriors to in intrinsic internal things, um, everything kind of shifts. So now it's like more about my purpose and my cause and my, and, and, and embodying those things, you know, embodying the values of the business, embodying the mission and the purpose for the business, providing homeowners world class experiences for home energy solutions. Like it's less about trying to shove a product down someone's throat and more about providing an incredible experience, Um, you know, and, and a lot of people get lost in the sauce of just trying to focus so much on sales and marketing that they lose out on the products that they're delivering and the customer experience side of things. And I think really good scaled out businesses that are either privately or publicly held or franchises, they understand the importance of both sales and marketing and doing that at a high level but also the customer experience and the operational standpoint of like quality control and providing good products good services Mm. um so that you know as i've gotten older as i've gotten more experienced i would say you know age is irrelevant how age is irrelevant however experience is everything so like for me, I've had a lot of experiences and I've done a lot of things. So it's like ages or, you know, like when I was younger, I was 19, 20, 21 years old and I'm given 40, 50 year old adults with three kids, full-time jobs, this, that, and the other advice on health and fitness. It was because I had so much experience. And the only reason I had the experience is because I was able to take mentors and coaches and guides experiences over 20 30 40 50 years and they had knowledge and information that was passed down on them and i was able to compile all of that and shorten the gap of what knowledge is actually real and what is bullshit you know Mm. um yeah
1: for sure listen that we're running out of time but i would love to have you on another podcast just to talk about sales like that could that I can already see, like that's like one of your biggest uh, passions, right there. Just seeing how your face lights up with it. And I tell people all the time, there's one skill set that you have to learn in anything that you do in life. It is sales.
0: Yeah, and, and like, yeah. seller everything.
1: Yeah. Everything it's everywhere.
0: You gotta sell your girl. You gotta sell your your guy. You gotta sell your kids. You mm-hmm. gotta sell your church. Okay, you gotta sell yourself you got to sell your business. You got to sell every single aspect. Um, yeah. Sales is really, 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 really important. And what sales teaches, okay. The principles behind sales is learning how to effectively communicate and influence and persuade Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, we could go on for hours about sales. I have a decade of experience with it. Um, and lots of, Coaches, guides, mentors—learn from some of the best. You know, I've met Jordan Belfort, who, debatably, in my opinion, probably the one of the best teachers of sales. He's—he's a very naturally gifted, persuasive, influential—you know—person. He's very good at naturally doing it, but he can—he very well articulates the concepts behind what sales are, and he's good with neurolinguistics programming and. Um, learning how to communicate because communication isn't words. Okay, I learned that, you know, like 55% of the communication that we have is body language. 28% is tonality and um the other 17, 17% is words. So it has less to do with the words that you say and following the script sure. <laughs> and has way more to do with, how is my body language? How is my energy and my tone of voice? Am I fucking pissed off and this and that? And how's it going today? What do you need? <laughs> it's not about following the script, the words. It's about energy and are you happy and this and that? Right. Like, so yeah. yeah. Um, and I've learned so much cool stuff through sales. So I'd be happy to come on and talk on that. Like, you know, neuro linguistics programming has changed my life and. And NLP is one of the most powerful, um, sets of information that you can possibly learn if you want personal achievement and success in your life, because it's the state of being able to effectively communicate with others, but also your subconscious and yourself and the programming that you have in your life. And, and so, you know, how to affect your state, how to alter your emotions, how to manipulate them in order to get different results out of your life, you know? That's why I'm such a huge Tony Robbins guy cuz that guy's like the the king and the father of NLP.
1: Right. Yes, I would definitely love to have you on cuz you convey the biggest thing that uh no one really talks about. The biggest thing that you're able to convey, which maybe you know or don't know, is trust. Like immediately mm-hmm. without talking with you within 2 seconds Like you just have that, that, um, instinctual set that everybody has, can they trust somebody or not? And you have, you deliver that right away. Mm. And that's huge.
0: You know, honestly, bro, it's probably, I'll tell you, like I am, when I was younger, I had a hard time looking people in the eyes. I had a hard time asking people questions. You know, I sucked at sales. I was horrible at sales and I got fired from sales jobs because I was just not good at it. Um and so it's like it's probably be- become a program for me at this point there's there's like intentional things that i have learned and then you know like things become subconscious and programmed um yeah. But yeah i would love to speak on like you know building trust and you know all like the whole plethora of and telling stories and you know framework and uh looping and Um, (laughs) there's so much to sales. It's, it is a fun thing. I love sales. I love learning, like teaching people effective communication. And Mm. then also what is, what are you trying to accomplish through your communication? Um, and reverse engineering, like, how do you get better at that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Where can people find you at man?
0: Um, where can people find me? You can find me, if you want to get in contact with me, you can get, you can find me. I have a website set up. It's like a landing page, Trent Lesser, dot Um I have a form on there. Like people can reach out to me um, if they, if they need anything um, and everything gets forwarded over and my, my personal assistant kind of runs all of it. So she can get you in contact there. Um, otherwise social media, Instagram or Facebook um you can find me at trent lesser t r e n t l e s s a r um so you can you can find me on social um instagram like i'll post a lot of just what my thoughts are um and then we are starting like a new content page really focused around sales marketing leadership high performance and then my just personal experiences and life lessons and um just providing people like nuggets and value like like we're we're not selling anything. I don't have like this freaking, you know, $10,000 thing I'm trying to sell people. I'm not trying to really make money off of it. I just want to provide value and figure out like how can I leverage like this last year um my mentor and one of my mentors and me, you know, we set up like my word for the year was leverage and specifically it was leveraging people, money and technology. And so that was that's been like the whole focus for the year, but um that, you know, you can find me on that social media as well. So if you follow me, you, you'll get plugged into that once we get like cranking and rolling with all the content and whatnot. Um, but I, I don't have anything to sell anyone, you know, like I, I don't really, I'm not trying to work with one-on-one clients. However, if it's someone that I know I can really help, um, and, um, the opportunity presents itself to where like it's, it's, it's valuable for both of us, meaning like, you know, it is going to, I need to understand how much time and energy you know, it's going to take to help someone and how much i can dedicate, you know, obviously it's not going to be for free. Like there's going to be money involved there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not like actively looking for clients or anything like that, but I'll more than happy to just give people my two cents when I have the, the time and, and, and am able to, you know, but listen, dude, I appreciate you for having me on. It's been great. Hopefully there's been some form of like value, um that, this whole
1: podcast has been value this whole cool. podcast has been value thanks awesome. for coming man. i appreciate it highly
0: yeah absolutely thank you for having me dude i hope you have a great rest of your week dude make it a great day make it a great week and you know that i will all right keep man. Keep you, on, brother. you got it brother. you it cool later man